Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Welcome back to another episode of the Obstacle Racing Media Podcast and another episode encapsulating, talking about, being excited about Odelaz. Before I do, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, Exoskin. Now, I've been talking about Exoskin for a few weeks, okay? You've heard, sorry, a few months as they've been a sponsor of the show. I told you I wore it during an obstacle race, right? Spartan Savage, well guess what? I really put my money where my mouth is. I brought two pairs of Exoskin to my Ode to Laz, knowing it was gonna need to last me hours and hours and hours, and it worked out great. Now listen, without being too disgusting, I can just tell you I'm a real sweaty guy. So I I trade out like headbands and shirts pretty frequently, uh, but I'm not going to trade out my shorts or undergarments that often because that's just more of a pain in the ass. So I made it, I think, seven, eight hours before I finally changed them out. And honestly, it was just to kind of feel a little bit fresher. It wasn't like I absolutely had to. Um, But I did that and then they were drying out and then I put on the other pair and was wearing those. And uh, I did time out, as you know, after 14, 15 hours. So I probably would have traded again maybe the next morning because it was night by then. The point is, I love the product. You think I'm risking my Ode de Laz? You think I'm risking my big A race of the year on anything? No, I put them on because I knew they would work. I love my Exo Skin. They also have socks and stuff for ladies and all kinds of stuff. You've seen my buddy Rachel Waters out there wearing them. Go ahead, buy yourself some Exo Skin. I know Scott the Fane Knowles, who just appeared on the show, is buying some. Ask him how he's liking some. ORM20 is the code. That's right. The code is ORM20 for exoskin.us. On today's program, David Compton and Becca motherfucking Jones. Now, as you're going to learn, Becca and I had been speaking because you're going to think I tried to do this, but I didn't. Croy actually introduced us. It just, trust me, it just worked out this way that that uh, he was the epi- sponsor of this show. Uh, it was his turn in the hopper, and then this is an episode where he introduced us to Becca. So you're getting a lot of love this episode, Croy from Exoskin. He said she puts on... Uh, she's an ultra runner. She puts on some races. Talk to her. So we set up a call. It didn't work. And then sure enough, we meet each other at Ode to Laz without knowing who the other person was. And you'll 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 hear about how kind of that worked out. Uh, and then the person she coaches and was crewing is David Compton. Now, David didn't know at all. And David, well, he just came in third, which even though we know there's no real third place, we know it's, it's you either win it or your DNF. Uh, David went on to do... 37 loops at Ode to Laz, and uh, I wanted to talk to him and kind of hear about his experience, and it turns out he's done a few of these, and it's done pretty well, and then we also talked to, uh, so then we did talk to Becca about her event, the Mid-State Mile, 
which is a similar but different uh, looped timed race. And it turns out David puts on races too. So you're going to learn about uh, some great races in the South and two really cool people and a great experience that we all had down there at Odalaz. Let's get to it. Away we go. How are you recovering from the long weekend? I'm actually in pretty good shape. I, mm-hmm. um, you know, I learned so much about this race and definitely wanted to talk to you guys about that. But I feel like, you know, we all go in with these goals and I feel like you can't even really have a goal until you do it. Yep. I, I agree. I think going into a backyard, having goals, uh, can really be detrimental to your success. Well, you know, it's like part of it is your like, so yeah, we can go ahead and start. It's fine. So part of it is okay. like, you know, certainly like we all get like these big ego goals. Right. But then also mm-hmm. it's just you just don't fucking know. You know what I mean? Like when I so when I started for me, you know, and, you know, Sarah had done, you know, like 26 the first year and 28 the second year. And I was like. I could probably do that. You know, well, let, me, mm-hmm. let me back up even more. Do you know who Amelia is? Amelia Boone? Yeah. Okay. So when she did Biggs the first time and I said, do you have a goal? She goes, yeah, to be the last person standing. And and like as if there wasn't any other goal, which didn't make sense mm-hmm. to me until I signed up. And then I was like, yeah, fuck it. Like, why not me? You know what I mean? Like, who knows? Why yeah. not me? Then those guys went like four days in England and I was like okay so I'm not doing that the first time out like that's just not even that that's not going to happen so maybe I should curb my goals a little bit you know what I mean so that yeah. just became like uh I'd like to go 24 but and like I've talked such a game about it like I don't know if you saw but like you know me and Josh had this whole thing and I was talking mm-hmm. a lot of shit and but you know once he dropped out which was he dropped out after seven I was like you know, I don't know how long I'm going to go, but like, I'm just going to like my next goal. My next goal is 12 hours. Like beating him was goal one. Now my next goal is 12 hours. Okay. I made 12 hours. I made the night loop. My next goal is 18 hours. That's kind of like in my mind what, yeah. I, did, what I did with it. And now I know what it would take to get 24 and I can now train like for it. You, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. my training was awesome, but I need a little longer ramp, right? So mm-hmm. what I did this time, but let's add two months in front of it for more yeah. to get more volume. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. And I do think that that's a good strategy to have tiers of goals, you know, but I've seen a lot of people all of a sudden hit those goals and then they don't have anything after that because they didn't believe in themselves enough. Right. <laughs> like, I feel like your last goal should be like, I'm going to be the last motherfucker in this thing. Like, right. if I make it past this, I'm going like full send it. Right. Yeah, and I think some people did. Like, I know my buddy Chris, who made, like, top 10, 12-ish, um, Calamano, you know, he had that. He was like, I have a number in my mind already, but if that's if that's not – if we haven't hit that, I just want to be the last person standing. And, and he's got – you know, he's done fucking – I don't know if he's done bad water, but he's done a ton of shit. He's done a ton yeah. of multi-day hour shit, so, like, he, it was possible for him. But I just think that it, it's kind of like – the same thing with World's Toughest, although World's Toughest has even more variables because, you know, they turn on obstacles and off obstacles throughout the race. And yeah. it's just a whole nother thing. But it's like, here we go. Here comes David. Oh, yay. Oh. Hey, buddy. Hey, how's it going, Matt? Beckham? Hey. Uh, we were just talking about how, you know, many of us have goals leading into this thing, but it seems like 
you got to show up to the race and start running before you can even pick a goal because you just don't know. You just don't know like what it's like, what's possible. So, um, so what was it? So what was it for you when you signed up? Was it, here's a number in my mind. Was it, I'm gonna be the last one. What, what, when you stepped on that start line at 9am, what were you thinking? Golden ticket. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And so that's, go ahead. I mean, that was it. Uh, so this was my second, uh, backyard ultra. So, uh, we started, you know, me and Becca started training for this back in probably February and we've been kind of doing specific training just for these races. And uh, my first one was in Kentucky. So I basically done an ultra almost every month since November. So, uh, we've, we've been training pretty hard for this and, and that was my goal. I mean, when I signed up for the Kentucky race, it was supposed to be a golden ticket, ended up not being a golden ticket. So then I immediately signed up for the Michigan Ode to last. So, were, so you, glad I- were you last one at the Kentucky one? I was fourth place. Okay. Even though we all know there is no fourth place, there's just. <laughs> That's right. If you're, if you're second, you're last. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, I think, I think it's, it's definitely like a measure. And I think. That's another kind of weird goal that I that like I was thinking before the race. I was like, well, I'd like to make it this far, but I'd also like to be in like like wouldn't it be cool just to be in the last fifteen people, right? Because that says a lot, right? No, yeah. you're up. Exactly. And I think I tell me what you guys think about this. And Becca, obviously, we're going to talk about your race, but this concept of how many are left, I think, is a huge confidence booster. And I feel like they should announce that shit, like or have a big <laughs> whiteboard. Seriously, because if you hear, like, you might be down on yourself, and then you hear, we started 165, we're down to 50, you might feel like, which, so that's like where I was, right? Like, after 14 hours, you might think, well, I'm not very good, but then you hear that, you're like, hey, all these other fuckers are out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, the corral gets smaller, but it's hard to tell because we started at three different ones, and so by the time we got the 12 hour, we're all back together again. I don't know, I just feel like... And then when we got to with y'all, which I know I want to, we want to spend some time talking about it, David, when you get down to those 12 and then it's like every lap someone's dropping, it's like, now there's 11. Like they mm-hmm. should say that. It should be like, all right, guys, we're about to start. Just so you know, nine people left. Next lap. All right, folks, seven people left. Like, I don't know. Like how much, let me, I guess we'll kind of skip, we'll, we'll bounce around, David, but let's skip to that last morning, if you will, that I was there. Um, how did it feel to you um, when there were like seven, eight of them, you guys left? It was just starting to turn into a race. <laughs> so 34 hours in, it turned into a race for you. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, your first 24 hours, you just got to go through the motions. I mean, you, you've got to just get through it. And, uh, I mean, believe me, I, there was times where I was not having a good lap, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't show that. Uh, I would talk to Becca and John back in the, the tent, and we would, we would get it fixed up or whatever, but... Um, for me, the race didn't really start until we were down to about 10 people. Yep. And that's that's when the race starts. Well, uh, we'll all right. So we'll get back to there. So let's back up and talk about old Becca. So <laughs> Becca, uh, motherfucking Jones, um, uh, what's his name, said you should talk to her, right? Yeah, Croy. Yeah. Croy said you should talk to her. She's doing this mid-state mile, blah, blah, blah. She's a cool lady. She'd be great for the podcast. So we set it up. It doesn't happen. And then uh, I'll, 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 uh, I'll tell folks, um, uh, was that – is that like the three-mile mark? Where were you all hanging out? What what mile of the course was that, Becca, where you all were – Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> 
I think know, we were like a mile and a half from the finish, right. so I'm not sure. So there's a few. There's a few. You find yourself with a few mile markers. I don't know how about you, David, but you know, for me, I honestly only looked at my watch at the miles. Right, like here's mile, like mile one. Okay, mile two. Like I just those. That's all it was for me. Like I ran a, a lap the night before with Sarah. And she's like giving me like 17 different points, which I knew none of them I would remember, right? 17 to the turnaround, 20 to the top of the stair, like all that shit. And I was just like, I can keep, I can look at the the mile, right? <laughs> if I'm running, if it's if I if I hit 40 minutes at mile three, I'm in good shape, right? Like that's all I needed, right? And then that last turn where it says when you go left, that was three and a half miles. Uh, that was another point for me too. That was like I always wanted to be right around 50 uh, for that mile. But anyway, but a little before that, these people are hanging out and kind of cheering us on, but but kind of yelling at us in this weird way. And some dude yelling, run faster, or it's a race. And I'm like, 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 I know he's being funny, but like, sometimes you're not in the mood to hear that shit. You know what I mean? Sometimes you're like, fuck these people. Yep. Um, and so... Uh, uh, I came around on one turn uh, when I heard you guys from around the corner, and I was just like, Boo! <laughs> "Yep." I, I fired a couple double rockets, and so then I was over like when it was down to who was left, and I came over and I was talking to y'all. I was like, "Who is this guy? What's his story?" Because um, you know, obviously, in a, in a in a in a backyard, like it's not like some OCR race where I'm going to know everybody. It's like who knows who's showing up. And I saw the Mid-State Mile sign, and then I was like, is that that lady that I've been talking to online? <laughs> yep, that's me. <laughs> but you were like, oh, I, I was going to, like, you said I was going to wait until you figured it out. Like, when did you figure it out? Uh, I figured it out a few hours before. I had heard you saying something to somebody, and then you came over and said something about the stickers on David's cooler. And I go, oh, like, I connected the dots, and I was like, I'm going to wait this out. We'll see how long this takes. This is funny as fuck. <laughs> but it, and it, it is, though. Like, it's what a small world. And that just means that, like, we were supposed to be connected. Like, at some point, at, what are the fucking chances that you being from Atlanta and then going to this race? Right. You know, ten. it's a 10-hour drive for us. I don't, you know, you said you flew, but, we're, like. We're, we're pretty fancy. We fly over here. You know, we're pretty fancy. <laughs> Well, it was John's birthday weekend, so we stopped in Indiana where he's from and visited. So we made it a whole thing. So, um, so yeah, well, it's because, like, uh, you had those stickers, but, like, you didn't know who I was, and most OCR people do. I'm not trying to be a yeah. dick. I've just – I've been around the thing for 10 years, so people know me, right? Um, so you were like – you were like, yeah, he doesn't do that many obstacle races, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, but uh, – so how many mile or how long did you go at this, at this Kentucky one? Uh, right at a hundred and I can't remember if it's 125 or 129 miles. Uh, but not if that was my PR at the time, Yeah, I believe 140 miles won it. That one had more, I think it even had a little bit more elevation than it did. more. It was yeah. almost 500 feet of elevation gain per loop. Uh, but you know, I kind of, I kind of crashed on the last lap. I literally crashed, uh, rolled my foot. Oh man. And made the lap with like a minute left. Um, and then tried to run the next lap and couldn't, couldn't get around fast enough. I finished the lap. They, they come to pick me up on a, on a truck. They come out to pick me up and they're like, you know, you're, you're, you're like a half mile out still. I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> like, well, come on, we'll give you a ride. I'm like, nope. 
I'm like, I've made it this far. I'm going to finish this lap myself. So they like all were standing at the corral waiting on me. Right. It was really cool. Great race too. Um, you know, I just, the backyard ultras are awesome. They truly are just for the camaraderie and stuff. Yeah. So what do you think, you know, if, if, if you made it that far, I'm assuming most things were on point, right? Like what did you, but what did, what did y'all learn? Like as a runner, as a coach, like, okay, what do we need to do next time? Like the same, like, did you change anything? So we, uh, you know, that's one thing I can say me and Becca do. We, we talk every race, we plan every race, we make nutrition lists for every race. I mean, um, and I'll get back to like, when you were talking about your points for the race, I'll tell you what, how I started the race. But, uh, I mean, every race is different and, and we always learn something, you know, I learned something in this race. Um, but nutrition was an issue in Kentucky. You know, I kept, uh, I kept going up and down a lot with, with, you know, my stomach and just trying to keep food down. And and I think we passed that milestone in Ode to Labs, uh, all the way up to the end. The end is what got me, um, my stomach again. But we, I mean, every time we're just gaining more and more and more, you know, just the education of what we're doing and getting that nutrition down. Because that's really, as far as the endurance goes, um, I mean, getting there, you know, I, I don't, that's not my issue right now. It's keeping the nutrition. In that race, I burnt 18,000 calories when I, when I watched the other day. So, you know, I'm, and I, I bet I ate, Becca, what, ate a dozen avocados? Oh, I mean, at least. I think we went through all the avocados that you had brought. And at least a pound of instant potatoes. So many instant potatoes. And that's something, you know, we didn't really know would be like the go-to. And that's the crazy thing about like this sport. Like you can find something that all of a sudden that's just, that's the only thing you can do. Like, that's it. Like, you know, John always messes with me about like, you know, you've got a thousand of this. Like, well, I know sometimes that's all that will work. Like um, for David, it was Mountain Dew and mashed potatoes at some point. And we had no idea that that was going to be like, what his stomach would take but for the longest like we alternated we had like a loop where we would do fruit and scratch and sugar and then the next one would be fats and proteins and we alternated hours like that for a long long time see and this is how i don't know uh i'm just gonna go ahead and say aliens like our winner who didn't fucking even have a crew right and i know there's people Mm -hmm. like that the guys that did so i interviewed the guy that won capital he did 57 and him and him him and the guy, the his assist, I think, did like 20 loops together, right? Like mm-hmm. the thir- third place was like 37, and they went on for another 20. And he said that him and that guy were opposite, that he had nobody by him. But obviously when you're by yourself, by the time the race gets that small, people start pitching in. But, yeah. you know, just having that person look out for you to keep track of what you're eating and noticing like, hey, you haven't had enough whatever starch hey you did you took too much tailwind last time like whatever it is because you're just showing like for me and again i i went 14 hours past six or seven you know which uh, you got to explain to people is still 32 miles right it's still doing a 50k your brain just stops working and it just becomes like i can't really think you're just gonna fucking feed me so i (laughs) I don't know how these people do it without uh, someone there to help guide that and not just like well i'm hungry you know Yeah. I mean, a lot of those people, I think that that's how they do it. And a lot of it's just a dead, it's a testament to their mental strength and how dialed into their, their body they are. And what were you going to say, Compton? I was going to say, I I think that this race was a milestone for me in that perspective too. Um, Cause you know, I guess it was around the 30th yard, maybe my stomach was a little bit, you know, like I couldn't chew. (laughs) I could not 
the avocado at this point. So, you know, I thought that whole lap, like the whole time I was running, I was trying to figure out what I could do. And when I sat down, I just looked at Becca and I said, I can eat avocados and I can eat mashed potatoes as long as you give me water. <laughs> yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to swallow them. So that's exactly what I did for the next like seven or eight yards that I tried to, that I ran. I didn't do I swallowed everything. Um, but the fact that I was able to sit there and try to figure out how to do that in Kentucky, I did exactly what you just said, Matt. My brain went, it shut off. I couldn't think about what I wanted to eat. Um, so I feel like that's the difference now. We're starting to get to that point to where, you know, thing, my mentality is not shutting down or breaking down. And, you know, you can focus on, okay, what do I need to do to get back in this damn thing? I've, mm. I've got to keep going. And that's, I think that's where a lot of people miss miss it. You know, is, is you, you have one bad lap. And believe me, I had a bunch of bad laps, but I didn't show it. Um, but I would sit down and talk with Becca and John and try to figure out how the hell I was going to fix it, you know? And, and John was so funny, like going back to the race, I'd be like, John or Becca, how many people's left? John's like, it don't matter how many people's left. Got one job. I'm like, got it. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it was, it was nice. Cause I, I literally just shut my, my brain down and I only told them what I needed. And you know, when something went wrong, that's when I would try to think about it. But I mean, at one point, hell, there was like, when there was down to 10 people, I finally looked at John and Becca. I didn't even know how many people were still running. I looked at Becca and I said, how many people left? I mean, I, that's how I was just like in the zone, you know, focused on running my 52 minute loop. Right. Yeah. And that's, that was your job that day is just to run. And to be fair, like we weren't tracking yards or hours or, or miles. Like it was really uh, David's buddy, Mike Taylor, that kept us up on it. Cause I was like, we are not paying attention. All we are worried about is making sure he has what he needs. The goal is to win. Distance doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, because that's an, that's an easy one, too, to, like, get in your head about. And I didn't care either. Like, I was hoping my crew wouldn't mention it. Like, again, we all know we're going to switch at night. But I just didn't, you know, like, you start doing the math. Like, well, shit, I've already run 30 miles, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, I didn't know until someone told me. I was like, what number is this? And they were like, nine. I was like, how far have we gone? And and she told me, and I was like, oh, cool. Like, I didn't even, I literally hadn't thought it because your job, like you said, which I think is the right way to do it, air quotes, is start and come around, right? Like, that's it. Like, like for me, I want, I want to ask you, David, for me, I decided pretty quickly uh, the first half sucks and the last two are okay, right? Like pavement's dumb. You go up and down. Then you get the horrible stairs. Once you come down those stairs, you're on mile two. You're like, fuck, I'm halfway home, right? And so mentally, you know you're halfway done. Plus, it gets pretty. You go by that little lake thing. Like for me, I, I kind of love the last two miles. The last two miles were probably the best part of the trail and the smoothest, I thought. Um, where we started at in the original spot that morning was where all the roots and stuff were. So, you know, we immediately started in that section, which was just like you walking like, damn, skip all. You know, once you got past that, then you're like, okay, this is good runnable trail. Um, but, you know, the steps, people hated those steps. They never bothered me. And I think it's because Becca makes my ass walk on that step <laughs> so much. I mean, an hour a day sometimes on a stair climb. You know, but like the, it, that was never an issue. Quads, hamstrings, it was never an issue. I mean, I, I was barreling down the hills every time. Um, and, you know, I was able to make it up the stairway to, I don't know why they call that thing stairway to heaven. I've got a few other names for it. Um, but, you know, I mean, it, it was that part I noticed. I think that got a lot of runners that probably weren't used to that type of elevation. Yeah, well, you know, it's actually very, I was telling people uh, that that 
uh, terrain overall is very similar to a park I run here a lot. So I'm, I'm used to it, like running on routes and whatever. And if I was thinking that early on, like if you're not, if you're just used to running on little runnable trails, you'd be fucked. But yeah, but w- once we hit like lap 11, I noticed I was getting slower on the, on that Hill. Like I was like, Oh, that was a lot slower. Like the, the people, you know, you pass people coming down and like the gap was, was changing. And then I looked on my Strava later. And like, if you look at the difference between my first time up that staircase and the last time it was, it was quite different. Um, but, um, when you, when you, when you're training leading up to this race, like, uh, how do you, Becca, how, how do you approach it in terms of, uh, like, cause obviously volume is, is one variable that people m- mix with. But then the other one is what you're talking about hills and strength. So how do you, how do you approach that as a, uh, as a coach? Well, every athlete's different and, you know, David's a beast anyways, and can do a little bit higher volume. I typically don't prescribe a lot of volume. It's more strength work and focused runs. Uh, and the volume would be easy miles that which, you know, David can attest to that I'm a big believer in nice, slow, easy, aerobic building miles that suck. But uh, a lot of it's a a mental approach to workouts that test you mentally that get you okay with shit fucking being miserable, like the stair climber and stuff like that. Like, if you can't be okay in your own head, you're not going to be all right out there for 30 hours or 40 hours or anything like that. You're going to have a bunch of breakdowns and it's going to suck and it's going to make what is already hard a lot fucking harder. And it's going <laughs> to like, you know, you, a lot of what I, I believe in and prescribe is mental workouts. Yeah, I try to explain to people that, you know, the pace you want, you know, for me, it's slower than a slow jog. And Mm because a slow jog is easy. We've all done it, right? But you want to go even slower. And if you don't practice that, and I think that's what happened to Josh is that Josh went out like – like three minutes faster than me every lap. And then by lap seven, I caught him and he was done. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the yeah. difference. It's a big, big difference. And because I practiced it all the time, like mm-hmm. I, I built, if I wasn't run, if I ran on the roads, I built a one minute walk break into every mile, which when you're not tired is not fun, but you just no. do it and it gets your body used to that pace. That's the other thing. You got to have a good walking pace because at some point you're going to have to walk. And that's a, my specialty is getting people to run a hundred miles. That's really like what I train, uh, train people for. And we, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we work on walking. Like you have to have a strong power hike, a strong walk. And it's a really good thing. You can walk someone down in the later stages. And when people slow down and they see you still moving strong, it fucks with them. And that's another thing you got to be able to do is they've got to be able to see you out walking them. And same with like the climbing and the stairs there. Like, you know, Compton's used to being on a stair climber. Those stairs didn't bother him because he is all right and comfortable with just climbing on some fucking stairs. So let's uh, let's talk about this mid-state mile, but I need a coffee. So I'm going <laughs> to go refresh my cup and you guys can talk amongst yourselves. And depending on how interesting it is, I may edit it out later. I may not. <laughs> All right. So how are you feeling? I feel good. I actually, uh, I walked a mile yesterday. Okay. And then uh, I'll probably do a, a small, small jog or run tomorrow just to try to get some of the soreness out. But uh, definitely my feet. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is pretty good. Uh, you know, my, my quads, hams, everything. I mean, I could I could do some strength workouts now, but I know that's not smart, so <laughs> I'm not going through. Yeah, nice um, and easy this week. Yeah. 
and then we'll we'll get back to it next week. Although I did, uh, I don't know if you know, but I did sign up for the twenty four hour singer in November. So, oh, which one? It's the track in Atlanta. Oh, okay. See, I'm gonna try to get see if I can do at least 150 miles in 24 hours. Is that right. is that Merrill's? Did you say which one are you talking about? The Stinger. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it in November. Okay. Because we have oh, race. Where is it? I believe it's in Atlanta. Well, I live in Atlanta. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, it's having an Andy's race. <laughs> okay, so Hampton is not Atlanta. Okay, it's a little. It's south, right? Um, it's a track one. Yes. Yeah. God, yep, it's it's a- God, it's horrible. So I did. So do you know Laz's race, the race for the ages? Mm-hmm. So I, that I that was my first kind of like true like like one mile one mile loop, right? And not even trained really. Like, uh, and I had forty four hours, right? So I was forty four at the time, which means I had forty four hours, and I'd never gone a hundred. So I was like, I'll go a hundred. That should be relatively easy. And I got it, but I slept a lot. I ate that fucking horrible food they had, so I was in the bathroom half the time. It was a kind of a miserable experience that I would do very different now. Um, but yeah, it's a hundred, but it took me two days, so like I still haven't done like a hundred in a day, which I'd like to one day. So this to me was like this is the furthest. This is my PR. Like I did an FKT, but that's different too. Like this is the furthest I've gone. Right. So uh, I did fourteen. Right. But then I, I I walked in that last lap. So I made it 65. I know I don't get credit for it on the race, but I did it that day. It's like, all right, I'm like, yeah. like you like you said, I walked it in. I'm fine with it. You know what I mean? But I don't know that I would that I would do a track version again. Um, I don't know that I would do a track version again. I mean, a, a, a track version, period, because like if a one mile loop around a park is hard, I can't imagine it like mentally how hard the damn track one would be. Yeah, well, my, my draw to it is that the fact it's a. It's a certified course, and you can qualify for Team USA if you do the 24 hours. Like, if you get at least, I think it's 150 miles to qualify in 24 hours. So, I mean, it's a rubber track. There's no elevation. I just want to see how far I can go. I mean, because, I mean, me and Becca have focused on heart rate, and that's kind of, that's what I was going to say earlier. You know, you were talking about, Sarah was telling you these markers on the course, and, you know, your certain times will... My approach was much different. I, I've never ran this course. So, you know, me and Becca, my plan was wear my heart rate monitor for the first few laps, figure out my pace for my heart rate. So, you know, I could yeah. run a 52 loop and my heart rate was 130-ish, you know. So that that's where we, we dialed it in. We didn't know if I was going to be rerunning a 48 or a 54, you know, mm-hmm. but 52 was the right number for me. And I ran like four laps. I think it was four, Becca. I took the heart rate monitor yeah. off. I said, We're good. 52 minutes all day. And that's, yep. I mean, that's what it's stuck to. Um, but that's also my training. So, you know, that's that's where I was like, I got to dial my heart rate in so that we can go as long as we can go. So, I mean, yeah, and that heart rate's the biggest thing. It, yeah. I mean, I that I believe in it, I think, you know, it works because your perceived effort is going to be different than how your body, how hard your body's actually working after a certain amount of time. And, and that's where I, I give you kudos, Matt, for not not trying to follow someone else's markers. It's yeah. not going to you. You know, you you know your pace, you know your speed, and and I mean, congratulations too. I think it's awesome. I think a lot of people out there, 165 people in this race, a lot of them probably got PRs. You know, and that was their longest distance. And that's what I love so much. Like I, I'm, I wasn't the one out there. You know, like I'm not going to be smack talking anybody. I'm out there fist pumping and giving people hugs, telling them that they're doing a great job because at the end of the day. You're fighting, you're battling yourself. I mean, yeah, everybody wants a golden ticket, but you're fighting yourself. Mm-hmm. All the shit going on in your brain 
for those 24 or 36 hours, that's you, that's your struggles. That's, that's what you're going through. And that's for people that's never done it. They, they truly do not understand what you go through and how much you truly fight and battle to get through that race, whether it's 20 miles or 60 or a hundred, everybody's different. And I just, I think that's so awesome. Yeah, I will say that is what I learned at the at the race for the ages. So I had DNF'd six or seven races prior to that, and um, including a hundred mile point to point. A lot of a lot of races that you know I wrote a whole thing about it where I really kind of figured out that timing out and quitting um, for all those other DNFs, not like this timing out, but I mean like getting picked up by the wagon. It's like somewhere along the way I'd already quit mentally, like even mm-hmm. before that. And so I, there's there's a point. Like when you're doing mile loops, right? Uh, I mean, certainly with four mile loops, but definitely with one mile loops, and everything hurts, right? And you cross mile 76 and you're like, fuck, I have a marathon to go. I'm going to quit now. And then you have to go. So for me, these are my mantras. I've been curious what yours were. Mine is always right here, right now, this step. Keep your head where your body is. Keep your head where your body is. I have to say that over and over again because my head is going to start going to next week or 20 miles from now or whatever, um, you know, and then eventually it'll stop and I'll start thinking about whatever a song, my kids, but it might come right back two minutes later. Right. Like you're never going to yeah. make it. Why you should stop now. Right. Like you're never going to make, I mean, so, so that was always mine. Like keep your head where your body is. Keep your head where your body is. What, what did you need to tell yourself? Do you have a few mantras? Do you have one big one? Uh, so, yeah, I definitely pray a lot during, during a long run. Um, but usually it's uh, usually it's it's you know give me strength, kindness, and grit. You know, and and the biggest thing for that is to keep enduring, but also you just the kindness and the humility for your other runners. Because I mean, for me, it, it's trying to keep your head in there and to keep going even when you have pain, but not show it. Um, because I mean, you don't want you don't want everybody to see how much pain you're in, um, because you don't want to kind of show weakness to your competitors. But also at the same time, your competitors are out there giving their all too, and they're breaking, and you want to lift them up. And I tried my best to do that, especially when it was just me, Piotr, and, and Sarah. Um, you know, Sarah and Piotr both had a couple of really bad laps, and I was out there telling them, you know, you got this. You know, and I told Sarah multiple times, I said, hey, you've earned my respect. You're, you're awesome. You're a great runner. Um, Piotr had a couple of, couple of bad laps for he was slowing down and he would just look at me. He said, that was a fast lap, David, for you. I was like, I feel good right now, Piotr, but yours is going to come back too, you know, and I fist bump him and I fist bump Sarah, but that's what it's about to me. Like when you get to that point and you're in that race, you know, those three, four or five runners, I mean, you're going to push your limits. And sometimes it's, it's more important, you know, getting the golden tickets, wonderful, but also knowing your breaking point is pretty, pretty badass. You know, like when you get to the point, you can't walk, you know you've done something. And, and you can ask Becca, because John sent me a video <laughs> of me trying to the shower after we left the race, and it's awful. Like, I mean, I just, I got to the point, like, you know, I accepted the pain. And that's one thing I will say, I always tell myself, Matt, is like, it's going to hurt. You know, I still whine sometimes, Becca and John will calm me down. But, you know, I just accept the fact that it's going to hurt whether I run or walk. Mm-hmm. So run. Run, run, run. You know, That's it's, right. it's going to hurt you walk or run. You might as well run. So yeah. You can get that done faster. You can sit down and you can relax. So I have to tell myself that a lot. I have my little prayer for strength and courage and, and grit and kindness. But then, you know, at some point, I just I have to also tell myself in the middle of the lap, like, 
accept it. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt for a long time. Yep. This is your life now and just be okay with it. Like I get in that point where I go, no, this is my life. No, it's fine. It's fine. Like, and you know, for me, my mantra is strength, tenacity, perseverance, but um, too and, many you know, syllables. How are you going to do that when you're so tired? Too many goddamn syllables in that one. I'll get tired. And I, that's another, like, that's another thing that, you know, I say, like, I don't, I don't get tired. And, um, you know, it's a business trip and an easy day. Like, this is my job. I got one job and it's, it's to keep running. It's an easy day. And positive self-talk is one of the things I believe in the most. And your voice is the voice you hear more than anyone else's. And whatever you say becomes your reality. So if your reality, want, if you want it to suck, then keep up the negative bullshit. That's like what I tell myself is, you know, you're, you're creating this. So if, if you want it to suck, you can make it suck more than it fucking does. And it can. <laughs> so, well, you know, and, and in that race, Becca and John were, they were just like, I mean, they both done their jobs to the T. I come in, Becca had my food. It was perfect. I would sit down, I would eat. They would have everything ready for me. John was more of like in my face telling me like, how do you feel? This was so funny. He's like, how do you feel? I was like, I feel great. It don't matter how you feel. Let's go. You're going to feel bad at some point. So quit focusing on feeling, feeling anything. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> He's done that like three times. I was so exhausted at one point. He's like, how do you feel? And I'm like, good. I don't feel anything. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel anything. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right, there's no, there's no right answer. Right. Uh, it, but it was great though. Like, I mean, every time they had their job, just like me, my job was to run. Becca's job was nutrition. And I mean, she tracked everything, heart rate, calorie, you know, I mean, calories I was eating every hour. And John was like in my ear, just like telling me, you know, trying to keep my spirits up, not let me break. And I mean, they were just like, like you said earlier, Matt, some of the people that don't have that and can go out and win this thing. That's amazing. You know, it's true testament. Um, but having those people in your corner, I mean, makes a huge difference too. And I'm so thankful that Beck and John were there. Yeah, especially for me, my last three laps, I started in the corral. You know what I mean? Like, so I, if I didn't have anybody, I'd been fucked because the second to last on lap 11, right after I, I passed like maybe the ankles away or maybe a little before it, I heard the third bell and that's the first time and your brain goes, fuck. <laughs> so I ran in, right? And I told them, I said, listen, this is when I thought I was getting the break on the road, which we'll talk about. I said, listen, I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to make it before, like, wait here for me. It's going to be close, right? Um, But in my mind, I was like, just make it to the road and you're fine. And sure enough, this time I heard the bell, like, uh, even sooner. And I was like, I think I heard the second one. And it was like, you're okay. Like, you're okay. You know what I mean? But like, and and thankfully, like they were there, like handing me stuff and, you know, like I I needed a Tums and they went and grabbed me one. Um, And then I don't know if you heard this, but they lied to us about the roads, David. I was promised an easier time, five extra minutes. I'll probably have time to sleep. And I came back from that first loop and I was like, what are they talking about? That was not easy. Yeah, there was, I was told there was not many hills on the road, but. That wasn't true. And then once it was so, dark, I literally couldn't tell what was flat and what was a hill because I hadn't done it enough. I mean, you probably did by the time you know you did it twenty times. But the first, those first two times I did it, I was like, "Are we are we flat right now? Where are we? What are we doing?" Well, there was literally there was literally one time. So just like you, my my buddy Casey that showed up, the road literally just chewed him up. Mm-hmm. He did not make it very far on the road when we switched. He was killing the trail when we switched to the road. It just spit him up and chewed him out, and he was done. 
Um, but the road was so confusing because it all looked the same. Right. That was the one lap. So I had like two laps maybe that I was not, I did not come in at 52 minutes. Um, one of them was the road because I walked because I thought I was on a hill and I kept walking and I'm like, all this shit looks the same. I'm like, am I on a hill or not? You know, I look down at my watch and it's like 35 minutes and I'm not even at three miles. And I'm like, Casey, we got to run. Like, we got to run fast. I was like, we got to go. And, and I think that last lap, that one, where I pushed the pace to get back to try to catch up some, I still come in late, but I think that pushed Casey over some because he was really, yeah. you know, deep to get that last lap in. But it, it's just like you said, I mean, that road part, I was hell, half the time I didn't know where I was at. But but I think that's another thing about doing the race once versus going back. Like your confidence is through the roof on, oh, I know what to expect. Where in my mind, I had this whole different thing happening. And then when it didn't happen, it kind of sapped the life out of me. And I only had like two laps after that. And I mean, whatever, it's it, it happened. But like knowing next time, it's like, oh, okay. So kind of like what you said, like now I know like zero to 24 is the warm up. Right now I know. And like, that's kind of the goal, but until you do it at that one or another one, I mean, I was y'all, I was so in my, cause I don't, I don't know how well y'all know me or whatever. I don't have a lot of a races. Okay. I run a lot of stuff for fun. Okay. I do obstacle races for fun. I go out with my GoPro. I fuck around. Like it's like, I just don't have a races and maybe like, I'm going to try to PR at a, at a Turkey half. Like that's like my one a race of the year. So this was a big deal for me. And I was so nervous. I was like, afraid to eat stuff the night before because I just eat my wife's cooking and I'm like, what if they put some weird grease in it and I have to shit the next day? You know what I mean? And I just won't be that way next time. It's like, Matt, you're going to be fine. Just like you would tell any newcomer, right, that's doing their first ultra or their first, what shoes do I wear? You know, all that shit we freak out about. That's kind of yeah. where I was before this race. That's why I kind of can't wait to do it again. Well, if that's your first one, you killed it. I mean, yeah. 60, 60 plus miles in that is no joke. And that wasn't an easy course. Um, for a backyard ultra yeah i couldn't help but think like even five or six hours into it i was like those guys in england went 76 hours it had to be flat that's all I <laughs> like there's no way you could do 76 on this course well, i was talking i was telling my buddy mike last night i said he said so what do you think what have you learned i said i learned the next time i'm gonna look at elevation for i sign up for a backyard ultra <laughs> you know i mean because miles matter you know that's that's truly what it is it's miles matter and uh I think that's a that's a game changer. You know, both of the backyard ultras I've done, they've both had more elevation than the mo more common ones. You know, because um, Kentucky, it was just their second year um, that they've done it that I've done this year, and then Ode to Last. So that's my my only two, other than Becca's Mid State Mile, which you don't even compare that race. Yeah, and you know, it's like climbing Mount Everest. <laughs> Okay. Literally. <laughs> all right. All right. So let's let's get to the old mid-state mile. Real quick, I want to say one thing about Sarah in case I forget to say it. Because, I mean, I'm going to interview her, obviously, coming up soon. But, like, Sarah's still the queen of Ode, right? Like, she's still out. Like, mm -hmm. no woman's gone farther than she has. And she's and she's been the last woman. So she's still the queen until somebody, like, even though she didn't win this year, she's still the queen of Ode until someone knocks her off. Um, but actually, let's, let's before we get into mid-state mile, so let's talk about that. And this is kind of the beauty of... You know, it's one thing in a race for like, you know, you look pretty good. Let's say, let's talk about Western States or any hundred miler and somebody looks good at mile 40, but then mile 60, they're kind of done. And so the person takes over and like leads from mile 80 on like, and they got a big gap, like not much is changing. This race can literally change lap to lap. Okay. We got down to those last few 
and you you want me to rank like who looks the best. David C looks the best. Piotr was second. Sarah was a far third, right? Sarah's mm-hmm. not looking good. She's not having fun. The next lap, she does even worse. And you still look phenomenal, right, David? And it was like, if you were going to pick, like, pick a winner based on these people, everyone would have pointed to you. Like, no yeah. question, right? 52 on the fucking nose. 52 on the fucking nose, right? Then Sarah has some fucking vanilla tailwind and is like a new fucking person. Like, if you saw the video I posted, she's like, let's fucking go. You know what I mean? She just, it's a whole new world. So I kind of missed, you know, what happened when she was lit up like that. And I saw you and I said, how does that make you feel? You can tell me now, because at the time I thought you were just, you were saying it because you thought what you should say. You were like, great, I'm glad she's going to pull us further. And I was like, I don't know if he believes that, but it's fine. It's what you said to me. Did you believe it, that at the time or did you, or were you worried? That lap was the lap I was, so I got sick <clears throat> on that lap. You threw up? Yes. And the you seem embarrassed lap, about it. It's okay, dude. Like, it's fine. Well, no, it's, it's not that. No, it's not that. It's not embarrassing, but like I threw up. But I was trying to like not let them see me throw up. That right. was the thing. Like when, when you asked me that, I was still fighting it down. And I'm like, great. You know, and I'm still running. And I told Becca when I got there, uh, I told Becca when I got there to the lap, I said, I am fucked. Like that was <laughs> yeah. my first. And she just looked at me. She's like, what? She's like, that's your first bad lap. I'm like, no, it's not that. I was like, I'm throwing up everywhere. Like everything that I just ate, I threw up. Like, so did Pilar like, see you throw up? Because she was ahead, no, right? No, I like I did it in the grass and just like kept running. And I, my time was still fifty-two minutes, I think, wasn't it, Becca? Yeah, I think uh, it was but, closer to fifty-three, but it was still like right on it. But I'm talking one of those Matt where you're like running and puking, and then like you're trying to you ask me that question, and like all I can taste in my throat <laughs> is like mashed potatoes and maple syrup, and I'm like. <laughs> Now I feel bad, dude. (laughs) Puke and move. Puke and move. That's why I was like, my face is turning red because I'm trying not to laugh because it was so bad. It was so funny at the same time. But I finished that lap and I look at Becca and I sat down and she could tell just to look on my face. She could tell something was wrong. And I said, I'm fucked. I don't know what we can do. I cannot keep anything down. I said, I threw up all of my fluids. I threw up all the food. Threw up. I mean, it's all gone. She's like, so her and John you know, got me to lay down and I was kind of napping at that point. And, uh, I ran that next lap and I actually made sure I started out in front of everybody. So I took off, I got about a mile and a half, two miles in at the most. And my body just started kind of, you know, the calories weren't there and it just started shutting down. Well, here comes more. So I literally just started walking and I let Piotr and Sarah go by and I just stood right there on the side of the road. Oh and just, man my guts out and that's the lap I didn't finish you know it's funny because that that's when I left so I was waiting and I was like well they're gonna go all fucking night I'm gonna go get some sleep and I saw you leading in my mind I thought like all right he feels better and he's trying to send them a message like he's getting back out in front like that's what I thought and then I get home or get it check into my room and Tad texts me and it's like David's out I'm like what the fuck because okay. <laughs> I'm trying to get content too you know I'm like well fuck that's another person I could have filmed going out so you never made it back. Like, did they, did they, so did they pass you on the, on the out and back? Yes. Yeah. I didn't make it. I made it to the turnaround on the road at exactly 30, 31 or 32 minutes. Right. And I knew like, I tried my best to run, but man, I just, I, I, I bet I stopped four times on the road and just puked everywhere. Oh, wow. I finally just got the point. Becca and John met me about a quarter mile out and I ran it in to, I think I was eight minutes behind the yeah. L, but 
it was, the, you know, the funniest part to me, the whole thing, though, was when you pulled up, like Sarah's, Sarah's having a really good lap. And my goal on that lap was just to kind of keep Piotr in my sights because he had been within a minute or two of me most laps. You know, he was pretty consistent. So I knew if I could keep him in my sights, I would be okay. But I was, I was battling that, you know, vomiting. And then you asked me that. And I'm like, you know, I'm just like, you know, like I'm trying not to show it, you know, and like I didn't want people to see me breaking down, you know. Well, I think we have that on film. I think I was filming you with the GoPro. I got to go back and look now. This is going to be great. Because, like, right before you asked me that, I had just like swallowed it back down. It was so bad. And you're like, and I'm like, great. Do you do you know what Piotr's diet was, by the way? I heard he had a lot of beer at the end. <laughs> like a lot. I went over. You know, it's funny because he doesn't speak English. He's across the way from everybody. He's really his own little island over there. And, you know, because nobody knew who he was. And so I finally had walked over there, maybe when there was like five or six left. And there were a couple people trying to help him. You know, broken English. Do you want this? Do you want that? And there was this bag of kind of trash. And I was like, well, I'll help you. I'll pick up this trash. And I picked up that bag. And there's like four beers in it. (laughs) I was like, all right, dude. Like, whatever works to keep you going. Well, I've, I've had to do that too. Becca actually offered yep. me towards the end, and I was like, and that's when I, my stomach was already crap, and I was like, no. So, Becca, what did it? What was it like for y'all? Like watching the clock, watching the first two come back. How, how were how were y'all doing? Um, you know, I was hoping David would rally. He had he had run strong for so long. It was uh, suspenseful. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's a uh, you know we love him and believe in him. And we were sitting there just like, all right, man, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this. And at some point we realized like, he ain't going to do this. And I was like, well, fuck, it's been fun. It was a hell of a time. And I mean, we were just, you know, it's emotional. It's stressful. It's also like, well, fuck, we got to pack all this shit up now. (laughs) 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 Like a little bit of that, like, Oh man, I'm fucking tired. I was hoping to get a nap. <laughs> like, I love, I love the picture that the lads the, on their Facebook that they posted of me sleeping in those two chairs. <laughs> yeah. Up and, and everything is gone. Like you all packed everything up and just left me there in the chair, and I was like, "That's perfect." <laughs> yeah. I mean, and. You know, we knew he could go for a while after his stomach turned. And honestly, I was hoping he would take the beer because I've seen Compton do some shit on beer. Like, you know, we've been at a lot of the same races and and Compton has won some stuff just drinking beer. I feel like, what did you do at Tennessee Mile? Like, you drank probably six beers before some loops and did some beers at Black Toe. And he even runs strong on beer. So I was like, if you'll just take the beer there is hope. And when he didn't want the beer, I was a little bit in my soul. I was like, we're kind of fucked right now. All right. Hopefully he can pull it back. But when he didn't want beer fireball, I was a little worried. I'm not yep. going to lie. I hope I, I can didn't all- show it, but maybe I did. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> I just took the beer and went though, you know, like I should have, I should have just, you tried to get me to run with it. I should have just taken it. Um, but I think I told you to make a scratch. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it. the Mad Tasty was working well, too. The what? Mad Tasty helped your stomach. So yeah. the, guy, the guy that I interviewed, uh, Slaby, Slabby, I forgot to say his name, the guy who'd won um, Capital with 57, he 
he's pretty quick. And he, because I was worried about the whole sleep thing too. I'm like, what do you do? Like when you make it past 24. And he actually was running like these 47 minute laps, would sleep for six, eat for two, and then get up and go, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I was like, you can do that? You can sleep for four minutes? Like, how does that even work? And he's like, it worked for me. So did you have a plan around sleep? And what did you actually do? Like, I, I saw that one of the laps where you, where they had moved away from you and you were kind of by yourself. So what was your plan around sleep and what did you actually do? Uh, so with 52 minutes, Becca and John would let me sleep till, fifth, till the three-minute whistle went off. And then they would wake me up. I would eat, drink, and go back out. And I've done that probably what back up from four in the morning till six in the morning. Yeah. Two or three laps, I guess. Yeah. And I think we did that a couple like later in the afternoon on Sunday because, you know, our thinking was like, this night's going to hit and people are going to start getting tired. And let's go ahead and get ahead of the sleep monsters before they're present. Yeah. I do remember you having me sleep once during the middle of the day. Yeah. Some of it's kind of blur. I don't remember half of the shit I did in that race. So. <laughs> well, I have I have notes like sleep and, and all of that, like what we did. Um, at some point, I stopped writing stuff down. I think that's when we went into mashed potatoes and Mountain Dew. And it was like, OK, we're just doing what works right now. <laughs> so and it, I mean, that worked for like eight yards, right? Yeah. I, mean, I was living on Mountain Dew, maple syrup and mashed potatoes. And all <laughs> and that was you know, it's funny because. I went on a little store run and I was asking people what they wanted and you were like instant mashed potatoes. And it just, it threw me off because that's not what you expect. Like I expected someone to say a piece of pizza, pickles, you know, whatever, like something sort of like normal. And you're like, see if they have instant mashed potatoes. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Well, see, that's a big thing in ultras. And like I make mashed potato burritos and stuff like that. Like that's just something that, you know, I don't do those ER stuff. I don't really know anything about that world, but uh, yeah, mashed potatoes are a staple for. Well, see, I've used to regular like the very first fifty k I ever ran. I remember they had these little salted potatoes at an aid station, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever had." You know what I mean? Yeah. But I never, I never knew mashed potatoes was a thing. It makes sense; the consistency is easy to eat. But I just, I, I just wasn't ready for y'all to say that. And then sadly, they did not have it. But what they did have was greasy ass pizza, and it was the greatest fucking thing in the world for me because I hadn't eaten anything real in two days. So uh, it worked out for me. I just remember coming back from a loop and Becca and John said, well, we don't, we're kind of getting low on instant potatoes. I'm like, "Uh Oh <laughs> yeah. I John back, would... I come to the next loop and John's like, don't worry. We got 10 pounds of instant potatoes. You're going to run this some bitch all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. John found a, went to the Kroger, I think. And, uh, got some, cause it's like, well, if that's all he can eat. Cause we were like looking and we we're like, we have oatmeal. I was like, I don't know how well that's going to go over. Uh, yeah, that wouldn't. <laughs> hey, let me let me ask you about. Uh, I promise we're gonna get to mid state, but let me ask you oh, about this, this one. You you won this Elsie uh, Enduro in Ringgold, Georgia. What was that one? Um, that was uh, last man standing. It was a two point two point five two point five or two point two point seven miles. I had to change it because uh, it flooded that weekend, so I had to change the course. And it had like four or five hundred feet of elevation gain in it. Over two point seven miles, and and what was the time limit on the on the loop? Forty minutes. So it so was a uh, it was yeah it was a little tougher. Like the the hill was kind of like the stairway to heaven at um, Ode, but about three times as long. That, that was the hill. So you had to walk that entire hill. You really couldn't run it. Um, well, you could, but it would not be smart. You know, mm-hmm. um, 
but I think uh, I'm trying to. Oh, well, I got it right here. So 71 miles is what finished it. I, I won that one, and I think that was in February. Right, that was earlier yeah. this year. Yeah. But I think it started with like 75 people, and uh, it was a it was a real pretty course. It's in Georgia. The LC Enduro is right. Great race. All right, so let's talk about this Mid-State Mile, which just happened uh, a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, uh, Father's Day weekend back in June. Um, uh, how long does it take you to recover, David? Because you did that one too, right? Yeah. Or was that just, yeah. like a, little train- or was that just a little training run? I don't. I would never call Mid-State Mile a training run, <laughs> ever. 340 <laughs> feet of elevation in a mile. So I, I think I did, uh, I did 52 miles there, but which I'm was like 17,000. But saying knowing you had this coming up kind of right after. Yeah, so that was all kind of unplanned, Matt. So I had signed up for Kentucky because I thought it was a golden ticket. I'd already signed up for the Mid-State Mile. And then when Kentucky didn't get the golden ticket, I was like, well, we're all in at this point. So I signed up for Road to Laz, and I knew it was like three weeks later. So, I mean, literally, it's been three weeks. I I really haven't trained since Mid-State Mile. Becca's been kind of trying to get me recovered and just sustaining what I'm doing uh, just so that I could go into this race fresh. And she done a great job. I mean, I felt good this weekend running. So uh, thank you. Thank you. I've I've done probably more than I should. (laughs) I mean, since, since 2018, I I ran my first ultra in 2018 and I've ran like 25 since then. Um, And I've ran a race every month since November, I think October. Yeah. Yeah. So this is my first break. I'm actually going to take a break. I'm not going to run anything until the standard. Good idea. I'm sure you'll find something. I know. you got to talk me out of it, Becca. (laughs) I'm sure you'll find something. But, I mean, honestly, I was really thankful that you didn't do what you wanted to do at Mid-State. Because I was telling John, I was like, he 4-0 to go the way we want it to go. He needs to be recovered. And Mid-State's just such a different beast. you know. And you did go further than you did the year before. And that's how we met actually was him, Mike coming out to uh mid state, but it's a, yeah, it's a different animal. It's not like any other backyard or last man or anything like that. Cause it's just a mile. Well, so let's talk about it. It's so, do you know, Mark Nealon, has he done it yet? Mm-mm. So Mark Nealon's a guy who, I, who I met um, at this Eversting event, this 29029, yeah. um, which I did a couple years ago. Um, and when I got done, and I'd called him, I called a bunch of people for advice. I'd called him. I know he had done well at a couple of last man standings. And he messaged me. He said, "Great job. I see you next at Mid State Mile." And I wrote back, "Never," because I had just <laughs> finished running. And you know, you're like, "Fuck this! I'm never running again." Um, so let's talk about the, uh, the the genesis of the Mid State Mile. What 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 had you come up with this? Uh, so originally, well, the course itself is an old logging road that's on my parents' property. My dad grew up on the property back when it was like a farm. Uh, do you and call it's a lot do, of woods. Do you call your grandma and grandpa Meemaw and Peepaw? Well, that's what my daughter calls them is Meemaw and Peepaw, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's Meemaw and Peepaw, but, you know, uh, <laughs> it's mom and daddy or mom and pops. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, daddy grew up on that land. It's family land. The neighbors are even like his cousins. So, um now it's just down to 50 acres, but it has this one mile loop out there where they logged it back when I was in middle school. So I'd grown up like running on it, training on it for cross country and stuff like that. My mom used to make me do hill repeats on it. 
always wanted to bring people out there. To me, that was trail running. I didn't know what trail running was, but I was like, this is running through the woods. This is what cross country should be when actually it's trail running. But uh, anyways, long story short, COVID hit and, you know, everybody had to like hang out with their families and decided to get outside and go frolic in the parks. And we run at Percy Warner a lot. It's like less than four miles from our house. And it was just overrun with people and off-leash dogs and maniac children and people who had never walked on a fucking trail before. And it was miserable. So, you know, our, like, long training runs became, like, dodging people and fucking dogs. And it was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> like, oh. And I'm not an early riser. So we were having to, like, get to the park at, like, 5 a.m. to go run. I was like, this is dumb. I was like, so John helped me clear the trail out of my parents' house. And by clear, you know, we kind of blew it. And, and uh, can, I, can I interrupt you really quickly to talk yeah. about this? Because, you know, all of us that, that run experienced that during COVID. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yes, we're thrilled people are getting out. But also, yeah. get out of the way. Um, yes. And so, uh, you know, people walk like 7, 8, 12 abreast and kids and, you know, sometimes tour not tourists, but whatever. Just people who've never been there before. And so I just found like... You know, I never wanted to be rude, so mm-hmm. I would just start yelling "Good morning" like as early as yep. I could. Because it used to, when you're on a normal day, you're just like, "Hey, on your left," and people. But when it's ten of them and you say "On your left," three of them go left, three of them go right, three of them don't move. Right, uh-huh. they stand there because what? What do I do? And the mom's grabbing them, so I just start yelling it like as pretty much as soon as I see him. Morning, how's it going? And like by the time yep. you get there, they've cleared out. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's what I do. I usually say like "Good morning," like because I feel rude saying "On your left." Right, they don't know what the fuck it means. Right, no, and pe- typically people move left. Like no, motherfucker, move right. Like I'm on your left. <laughs> So you're zigging. I need you to zag. So usually I go. I'm going to go ahead and need you to zag. <laughs> yeah, so usually it's a morning. How are y'all doing today? You know, right. I'm, it, I feel it's more polite. All right. You and I, you and I inside our minds, we're like, get the fuck out of the way. But outside, yeah. we're, we're being gracious and sweet. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. In my mind, I'm like, move, motherfucker. Move. I will elbow you. Move. <laughs> like, right. I will shoulder check you. But uh, anyway, so. <laughs> We, uh, you know, we said, well, we'll just go out here and run. And that means we can, like, fuck off and do what we want, drink beer, shoot guns, hang out. Hell yeah, man. What else <laughs> yeah. is there to do? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Everything's closed. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, the second time we had people out there, because we opened it up to our friends to come run. We were like, hey, this is a brutal loop, but, like, if y'all want to come hang and run, like, come on out. And the second time we hit, like, the second climb, we were up at the top and... You know, our friends were like, y'all should put on a race. And we were like, okay, so what kind are we going to do? And we stood there talking for a few minutes. We made it back. And we ended up settling on a last man standing because it is, it's a beautiful format. It's John's favorite format and form of racing. And, uh, you know, it just, it just made sense. And we're like, all right, so one mile. Like, who wants to run a one-mile last standing? Like, yeah, but it's like, it's a really tough mile. Like, people are going to want to do this. And, uh. So to figure out the timing, we had my daughter walk it and she walked it in 21 minutes. We're like, okay, 11 year old can walk this in 21 minutes, like 20 minutes a mile. That's three, three miles an hour. That's a solid walking pace. And it's going to be really easy until it's not right. So, you know, there's always people and races are like, man, I was walking 20 minute miles and get all down on themselves. Well, okay. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of 
how we came up with the timing and the format. And then initially we were only going to do like 12 hours or whatever. This, the first year was year zero. We didn't plan for an official event. We were like, this is going to be a test run, work out the kinks, you know, see how it goes. And then when, uh, we got to laying everything out and planning. I was putting on an ultra sign up. I was like, fuck it. We're just going to like full send it. Like I told John when registration opened, I was like, Oh, by the way, uh, there's no time limit. We're just going to go for it. And, and I know we were only going to have like 40 people. Well, we're going to cap it at 75. Cause I was like, if we're going to put in all this work, like I want to do it. Like I, I don't want to put a limitation on it. I want it to do what it's going to do. And, you know, we made lists of runners to reach out to, uh, to get people interested and get some buzz around it. I sent probably 40, 45 personal messages to people. Like we, you know, that's how we got Armstrong there. And, uh, Chad, um, I think Chad actually had seen where I'd posted about it and reached out to me and said, Hey, tell me about this mile you got going on. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of how it came to be. COVID shut everything down. We wanted to hang out and play with our friends and they said we should do a race. So we said, okay. So, how long, like before it started, were you like, all right, well, this might go X. Like, what did you think it was going to do? Uh, it went exactly as far as we thought it would uh, with the people that we had. So it was really funny because Armstrong came out and we were, I was showing him around the course and he said, so who do you think is going to win? I said, it's going to come down to you and Greg and it's going to be about 30 hours. He was like, really? I said, yeah. Or, or I said, she's going to come down to you and Chad. Sorry. And uh, he was like, so tell me about Chad. So I Neither of them knew anything about one another, that which was really funny. And then Memorial Day weekend, Chad and Jesse and Mark came out, and we were going around the course. And Chad's like, so, who do you think is going to win? It's like, it's going to come down to you and Greg. It's going to be like 30 hours. And uh, kind of came up by, with that number by looking at what they could do, what they had done, and just, I, I guess, kind of piecing it together and just being able to read it. And then this year, you know, I told Chad, like, I think, it's going to be about 36 hours, you know, based on last year's and sure enough. <laughs> so it seems like so much harder to plan for because it's one thing to have five to eight to 10 minutes because then you just got to get going. But to have that much time to like, quote unquote, sit around, it seems like it would fuck with you. Uh, you know, it breaks down to about the same amount an hour that you have in uh, a typical last man. So if you have two to three minutes that gives you anywhere from six to nine that, which is, you know, eight minutes is a sweet spot for a lot of people. Right. So it, it's still within that, that window that you get an hour. And the thing is, it's just a mile. So you don't need as much, but we saw the first year, a lot of people get really flustered and we're programmed as runners. When we come into our crew to go, what do I need? And I need to eat and I need to do these things where mid state, it's a little bit more of, you should plan for every hour. About right. what you need. Right. So every three yeah. laps. Yeah. But this year it was, you know, crazy because we saw people slow down way too much. They tried to do Chad's pace that which initially sounded pretty good, like 18 minutes. All right. That seems to dial it in. But it was too slow for a lot of folks and they couldn't get cool. They didn't get their calories in. But I mean, all we have is two years to go off of. So we didn't really right. know what would be the best strategy. But uh, we host crew camps and do runs and stuff out there. So um, some other folks that we had that went a really long time had dialed in like where they need to be by the second at what tree at whatever. And going by heart rate, uh, here's what my heart rate needs to be. And here's where I need to be. And I will be here at 12 and a half 
minutes at this tree. And that seemed to be the most successful strategy. Aaliyah and Tony went a really long time. I think what Tony got six. Yeah. Yeah. I think he ended up being in six and he's another guy that I coach and uh, he comes out there and runs a lot, but that was, you know, it's a different animal, but it's still so much in the same as far as backyards go. All right. Well, I have, uh, I do have a question for you. Okay. I am not a fan of walking poles. So <laughs> let's talk about that. Uh, mid-state, we don't allow poles until six to, I think, six hours. But we're going to go 12 hours now um, because we had so many more people move up. And it just made things really crowded to have that many poles. I'm a big fan of poles. <laughs> well, I like them. So that's what I was going to say is like, well, why not just like say not at all? Because I feel like it's just a different it's just a totally different thing without them, you know? It is a different animal, but we want to see it go a long time. What are you oh, saying, Compton? I said What's if you it? saw the deal, you might change your mind about trek poles. Yes. So the murder mile, the two climbs are yeah. 20% grades, and they're straight up. We don't have any switchbacks. And honestly, the poles help you on the downhill to save your quads. And that's the big thing people worry about for mid-state. Like, I got all this climbing in. I got all this climbing in. Motherfucker, it ain't the climbing. It's the going down. Right, that right. There are people that s- go slower on the descents than they did climbing. Right. Well, when I did when I did 29 to 29, I brought poles because I'd seen everybody had brought them. But in my mind, I was like, well, I'm not going to use them until probably like the third or fourth loop. I did one loop of 29 to 29. When I got to the top, I was like, everybody was flying by me on the poles. And I was like, I'm mm. going to use the poles starting lap two. <laughs> so, <laughs> so for that, it's like a must have. And I'd never run with them in my life. I borrowed somebody's. Like, I literally had never even practiced with them. Um, but I just, I was, when I saw yours and I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. But if it's that steep, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. They're lifesavers, we're saying. Well, Matt, you could, uh, the Tennessee mile would be a good way to, experience that without having to worry about trek poles you could do the six hour yeah where's the where's that the tennessee mile is becca's race that she does in december it's more of like a timed event where you have however many laps you could run in six hours 12 24 right so that's that's the race i did in december but but since i'm not fast i feel like i would do worse i feel like i would do better at a last person standing when it's just about mental grit right being fast on this this one isn't going to really help you that much. So it's, yeah. it's more about endurance and, and grit because yeah. you're not going to run that lap very fast. No, and, and that's the thing. Running fast loops out there on the murder mile is, is kind of pointless. It's really detrimental, <laughs> to be honest. And this year we opened it up for a 40-hour, and he's right. Tennessee Mile is the first weekend in December, and we have a six, uh, an eight-hour that starts at midnight Saturday night a 12 hour, a 24 and a 40. And that's, it's a lot of fun. And a lot of people will use that to kind of dial in what they want to do at mid state and get familiar with the course and their paces out there. It's a, it's a good time. So I'm looking it up on ultra sign up right now. Uh, the Tennessee mile, the toughest little mile in Tennessee is in Franklin, Tennessee. Yep. That's our little course. Um, yeah. It's the, it's the same. It's the same loop as the mid state mile. So yeah, oh. it's on the exact same course. <laughs> okay. So it's the same course, but it's just a timed event. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I was saying that would be good, you know, if you really wanted to run it and not do, you know, the last man standing, just to come out there and experience it, the six hour would be, I mean, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Let's see. You how, should. Let's see how far Big Big Fork Road is from me. Hang on. <laughs> Directions, home. It is four and a half hours. That's not yeah. too bad. No, that's not far. Um, 
Well, as you know, I, I am pretty fancy and I do fly most of the time. Like three and a half is usually my max for a race and then otherwise I fly. Like people like there was a couple Spartan races in Jacksonville and I flew. People were like, why would you fly? I'm like, because I don't want to be in my car for six hours. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm 49 years old. I, I want to fucking get there. I want to not not be a whole day trip. You know what I mean? So sorry, but I don't like to drive. Well, the airport's only like 30 minutes away, no, so you can fly that, in. One, that one's right in there. Four and a half, I'd probably, I'd probably drive, probably bring my son. Um, no, we'll talk. We'll see. I mean, I have a rule. Uh, that you can't say anything was the best or the worst. You can't sign up for anything. Like, give it two weeks. Like, let your brains calm down. Because people get back from a race, oh, that was the best world's toughest ever, or that was the hardest one, or that was like, just let your brain, like, let's chill out, okay? So, of course, I want to go back to, um, I want to go back to Odalaz, but I'm I'm letting myself do the, the two-week thing before I sign up or make a commitment. Because also, it's a family commitment, I, you know, like, the time around yeah. it, the mileage, building up to the rate, like all that stuff fills in my calendar. Like, cause I get invited to a lot of cool things and I want to do all of them, but yeah. I can't, you know what I mean? I just can't, you just got to pick and choose. I mean, I'm sure you all have similar situations where there's so many cool things that are big races, but you gotta, you know, you gotta choose your battles. Well, I'm, I'm excited to see Becca next month. So if she's coming out to run our race and she's going to try to get hundred miles in 24 hours. Which, so. which one is that? Uh, Fort frenzy. Port Frenzy? Is that on ultrasound? Fort, Can I look that up? It's on ultrasound. It's Fort Frenzy, F-O-R-T. But uh, this is the first year we're doing the 24 hours. We have a double ultra festival in the 24 hours, both the same race. So we got about 20 um, 24 hour runners right now. But Becca's, uh, we've got some belt buckles already here. So it's the first year we're doing 24 hours at the state park. So it's, I'm pretty excited. I hope Becca is the first one to get a buckle. I hope I am too. And honestly, I've never gone for 24, uh, 124 hours because most of the stuff I do is like cruel jewel. I like the, the tougher, harder, more mountainous stuff. So shooting for 24 has not been, oh, uh, this one's, this one's closer. not been a goal. This one's three yeah. hours and 13 minutes. This one's locked. There closer. you go. But no, I'm excited. Yeah. I think you're going to crash it. I hope oh. so. I haven't really done anything since cruel jewel though. So, you know, Two months after Cruel Jewel, I haven't really been running. But, you know, I only I did that on 15 and a half miles a week. But I can climb all day. I'm actually going to have to fucking run for this. So right. I, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I saw I saw David did GDR. Have you done GDR, Becca? Uh, I DNF that one several years ago. I had a stomach bug and I threw up all of the DRT. That first 22 miles was, I slept maybe an hour and a half. I was throwing up the night before I had a fever when I started. Uh, there was no way that one was getting done. Yeah. See, to me, that is not my kind of torture. I don't know that I want to do that much climbing in a day. Oh, I love it. Like, I can always climb. And that's another thing in races for me. I'm like, y'all motherfuckers aren't going to outclimb me. I can climb all day. Love like it. that Love is it. like even like going up the last hill at Girl Jewel, like a two mile climb. I was tired. But in my head, I was like, bitch, you should be running this. You can run up this hill. This is like the least steep hill you've been on all day. And then I was like, uh, nah, but I, I love to climb. That's the more, the better. Maybe it's because I'm lazy. I like walking. I'm not a big fan of the actual running, to be fair. When, you know, I fuck around, I'm like, you know, I want to see how fast I can do 100 or I want to do like a track thing. And I'm like, you don't want to run that much. Right. And I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, tomorrow's my birthday. So I might go up to the track and try and do 36 miles on that for turning 36. We'll see. 
What a what a young whippersnapper you are. How old are you, David? A week apart. <laughs> Do what? I said you're and John's birthdays are only like a week apart. That's awesome. Yeah, but it makes it where we kind of have to share it, so that sucks. Yeah, Matt. So John was crewing me on his birthday weekend. That was nice of him. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Got to spend his birthday taking care of me. So. All right, so let's uh, let's send folks your way. Is there is there an easy uh, website for all these races y'all put on, or is there just just you have to go to Ultra Sign Up for all of them? Uh, I think. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, mine's just on Ultra Sign Up. Mine and Mike's just Fort Frenzy. Um, but we do uh, we do Fort Frenzy and we do Gone Loco. Both of those are our races. And then uh, Becca, you go ahead. Yours is Mid State Mile and Tennessee Mile. Yeah, we're on Instagram as Midstate Mile, Tennessee Mile. I have a BMFJ Endurance uh, page as well. And we have a website, bmfjevents.com. So that's, uh, I think it's pretty easy to navigate. Yeah, and that's probably the easiest way to get on ours too. It's probably our, uh, we're East Coast Adventures. So just uh, on Facebook, it's Run East Coast Adventures. And we put all of our stuff on Facebook. Yeah, we're also on Facebook. All right, well, now we're getting even closer. Gone Loco is only, it's under three hours from me. That one's in December because I can't do August, but December uh, is open at this point. Is uh, rails to trail? It's uh, it's an old railroad that you know we've turned into a. It's been turned into a trail, um, so it's a pretty fast course. Very little elevation change. A lot of people PR'd out there last year. We had one guy run. He ran the eleven miles in just a little over an hour. Jesus. All right. Yeah. Well, you don't have the registration up yet. This says this event took place 2020. Usually, there's a 2021 link, but there isn't on here. Yep. We're gonna start. The, we're gonna open registration up in August. All right, little 33 miler, dude. I'm down. Let's do it. Do it. It's all about this one. Uh, this one's all about speed. I mean, it's pretty easy. It's kind of like a mini uh, Virginia Creeper Trail. Well, it's also just like my buddy, like some buddies I run with. We were actually been looking at something like, hey, let's do something together, like a 50k. You know, just like let's go out for some fun. Uh, so uh, this might work for me. I got to check my December, but it's it's close, dude. I might be down for that. Awesome. What week is yeah, it in December? There you go. Nice. What weekend the, is it? I think it's the second week week in December. Okay. Um, I have to go back and look. Me and Mike's already got. We've been working on the stuff with the city now to get every all of our permits ready. But I think it's the second week in December. But uh, as soon as I get the link and everything updated, Matt, I'll shoot you a message that way you can see if it works for you. Um, well, thanks for doing this, guys. You're a very different person, David. When you've had some sleep, you were you were very you were very understated at uh, <laughs> at Odell Ass. I'm like, no, oh, this is the guy's personality comes out. Whereas Becca, on the other hand, is a fucking lunatic. So, like, I knew she was gonna be fun. <laughs> as a guest, so. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, and thanks for having us. I enjoyed getting to meet you, and I, I yeah, I was kind of out of it at the race, but at the same time, it was more about what I was focused on. You know, it was a business trip. Right. None of this had, making friends bullshit. Right, I had work to do. So. And there you have it, guys. Thank you so, so much. And we are far from done because I still need to talk to Sarah, second place, and Miko. What'd you finish, Miko? Sixth, seventh. Uh, and then the actual winner of the race, Piotr. Peter, we're not exactly sure how it's pronounced. Uh, he's from Belarus. I'll get him on, and we're going to talk. Uh, so, yeah, you're getting a lot of Odalaz stuff. So you will probably be inspired to try one of these gosh darn things, like maybe my friend that was there who said she might now want to do one. I think you know who I'm talking about, Britt Asaurus and her dog. Um, so, yeah, more to come on that. Also, have you been paying attention the last couple days? 
We got two videos up. Me, Jack, and Nicole, a.k.a. Jacole, talking about Utah. Uh, two videos up on that. I did a video with E-Rock about High Rocks. Uh, I've got another video coming up with Javier about Toughest. That should go up today, too. Damn it, because that's about to happen. Damn it. I got to get to it. All right. Let's get this thing up and rolling. Uh, love you, Miss You Mean It. I truly, truly have to run. <laughs>